This is my tribe. 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 What's up? Welcome to the Tribe Night Messages podcast. Tribe Night is for students who are curious about faith and eager to discover how a relationship with Jesus could change their lives, their schools, and the heartland. For more information, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at cstone.students or text tribe to 94000. Hope you enjoy the message. So tonight, tonight I want to start by by sharing something that probably most of you don't know about me. Uh, It's something that I don't talk about very often, but I was a Scholar Bowl champ in middle school. Okay, not really. Um, I really wasn't. But I did do Scholar Bowl. I didn't, I didn't really, I wasn't a champ though. I, I did do Scholar Bowl and I really enjoyed it. But I was also the guy that was just only there for the sports questions. Like they all, everyone would just look at me every single time there was a sports question. Like, Morgan, are you going to, are you going to buzz in? Are you going to answer? And then when I didn't know the answer, it was really embarrassing for the whole team and me. But regardless, that's what happened. And I didn't, get an award or anything for like being super exceptional at knowing sports questions, even though I probably should have since I answered 95% of them. But I used to know so many players. I used to know statistics. I used to know all this stuff. I used to know the history of the teams. Like I was a nerd. I was a complete nerd about sports stats. And I just wanted to know everything that there was. I wanted to know Every single number, I wanted to know the history of each team, each player. I was just weird like that. I like numbers. And one year for my birthday, if you want to know just how nerdy I got, is my parents for my birthday, they took me to the NFL Hall of Fame. And I don't know if anybody's ever been there or if you even care about it. But when I went there, I was walking through and, man, they were playing some music. I was reading stats. It was my first time there. And I had a little tear. A little tear came down my face right here. I was like, man, I am in heaven. I'm in a great place. And that was three years ago. So apparently I haven't grown up too much. I'm still kind of a sports nerd, and I love it. But regardless, the not many people really knew I used to do Scholar Bowl. I don't talk about Scholar Bowl very often or that I even was, I could rattle off, you know, numbers and stats of players and the history of stuff past or present, whatever it may be, and maybe people didn't know about it because that's not that cool, right? Like, it's, it's not really that cool. But what I do think is cool is I think it's cool that so many of us, each and every one of you, like all of us, we have things about us that most people don't know about us. We have things that we haven't told people. We have things that no one knows. And how many of you know what a prism is? So you, have you heard of a prism, like in science class? You remember you go to science class and they talk about prisms, like this thing right here. Yeah, this big metal box. Um, in some ways, this is kind of a, a weird illustration, but in some ways, every person is kind of like this prism. At first, it looks like it's just a big piece of glass. Like really, what is there to it? What does it do? But then, all of a sudden, the light will hit it just right. You'll see the light hit a prism just right, 
and all these different colors appear. Go to the next slide and show them kind of what happens. If you've never seen it before, uh, this is obviously not a real interpretation of what a prism does, or is an interpretation of what a prism does. It's not the real thing. But look, whenever the light hits it, these, these rainbow colors come out of it, and it's, it's really pretty. It's a really cool thing. It's completely different than what it looked like in the beginning. It just looked like a small glass box, and then it creates this really beautiful thing in front of you, like something that you couldn't have seen before had the light not hit it just right. But in the same way, like we can't know everything there is to know about us just by looking at them, right? Like you can't know everything that there is to know about each person that you encounter each and every day. Like we're kind of like prisms. Like you see something, but what is there really? Like what is there underneath all of that? And the truth is, even if you know plenty of other people, even if you know plenty of other people and other people know you, we can we can all still kind of live with this feeling that nobody really knows us. Nobody really understands me. Nobody gets the real me, right? Like no matter how many friends we have, that seems to be a feeling we have. And here's what I mean. Like we all experience loneliness at times. I do. It's something that I've had to deal with in my life. But whether you have close friends or just acquaintances, whether you have a crowd to hang with all the time or just a few people, whether you're having a constant stream of communication in a group chat or you just receive a few texts here and there, there are times when it's really, really easy for us to feel like like we, we don't really fit in or like no one really knows us. Those two things are really apparent in a lot of our lives, that we feel like we don't fit in and that nobody really knows us. In fact, there's actual research on this. There's research, and I was looking at a survey. I was going through things, trying to find some things to talk about for this. And just this week, I read a survey of a bunch of middle schoolers and high schoolers, so people your age, and they surveyed these people. And on this day, it was over 40% of them said that they felt lonely or disconnected from the rest of the people around them. So that's a pretty big number. That's almost half, and I would guarantee there were more people who felt that way, but they just didn't say it because they were embarrassed. So think of that, 50%. Like, just go look at a class at school. Just when next time you go to school, look at a class, look at 10 people, and there's probably four of them at least who feel disconnected and lonely. They feel like they're just not a part of the people around them most of the time. Think about it this way. For most of us, it can feel like there's this barrier between us and other people. Like imagine right here in front of this stage, we put up this really big curtain, right? So this huge curtain that stretches from that side to that side, and you guys don't get to see me. Like you're back there, I'm over here. So there's this big curtain. It's in front of us right now. And the thing is, is you can hear what was going on behind the curtain. Like I could hear you guys not listening to me or hear you guys goofing around or hear you guys chatting, whatever it is, hear you guys get up. You guys could hear me talking to the back of a curtain. But ultimately, you wouldn't really know what was going on, right? Like we can, we can see people, but 
there's something between them and us. Sometimes we feel that way. Like there's a curtain between us and everyone else. We feel like there's a barrier between them, a barrier between me and everyone else. So with that said, I want you to know that there's these two things that are completely true. So if we feel that way, the first thing is that everybody feels this way at some point. Everybody feels this way, literally everyone. It's not a joke. The, The popular person at your school, they feel that way sometimes. They feel disconnected. They feel lonely. The person with a lot of friends who seems to always have people around them, yes, they feel that way too. The dating couple who has somebody with them, yes. The single people, absolutely. And this, it isn't just a teenager thing either, so don't think it's just you guys. You could ask any adult in this room, you could ask any of them, and they would tell you that the feeling of being disconnected and lonely still happens to them and has happened to them too. This feeling that we are disconnected or somehow separated from others is just an evident part in our lives, and it's a pretty common part in all of our lives. So that's the first thing. Everybody feels this way. The second one is, is that we all are pretty sure we're not supposed to feel that way, right? Like, I can't explain it, but there's something about that feeling of being disconnected and feeling lonely that doesn't feel okay. Like, isn't there something in us that feels like we are not supposed to feel alone? We're not supposed to feel disconnected from the people around us. Like, something in us tells us that we're not meant to be this way. And like I said, I can't explain it, but we all feel it, and I feel it. Like, why do we feel this way? We weren't created to live like this, right? So sometimes we can feel that way about God, too. We can feel disconnected. We can feel like we're not there, like it's not everything isn't lining up. And for some of you, you have felt that way or you've been taught that God is close to you and cares about your life, right? Like you've heard that before. And others of you, you've been taught or felt like God is really far away. He's distant. He's impossible for you to connect to. And whenever you are feeling this way already, it isn't really helpful for someone just to tell you that, well, it's normal to feel this way, right? And it also doesn't help when you add on top of that feeling disconnected from the people around you too. So in the same way that people are like prisms. So we talk about this idea of us being a prism. We're not, not everything that meets the eye. Well, Jesus is just like that too. When you, when you take another look beyond what you know about Jesus on the surface, there's more than just meets the eye. Not to mention, a lot of people have, they have ideas and they have thoughts and they have opinions on who Jesus really is and why he came to earth, right? And these conversations that we have about who Jesus is, why he came to earth, and what it really meant, it, they, come, they come up a lot around this time of year. We're talking about Easter, and just during this time, we, we hear people talking about Jesus and what he meant and like what the whole purpose was, and we hear a lot of it. And as we celebrate the moment and the meaning of Jesus' death and resurrection, we hear a lot of outside voices too. But just to kick things off for this Easter season and our Easter uh, series that we're doing, 
we're going we're gonna to dive right into that very moment. We're going to go right to the point where Jesus was crucified. But first, we're going to talk about the culture and the community just a little bit. And I know if history is something that kind of bores you, it could be boring to you. But just listen up. I promise that this is a really key part, and it's going to be really important here in just a second. So Jesus lived in an ancient is in ancient Israel, and he grew up in first century Jewish culture. So what that means is it's the scholarly way of saying that Jesus was around very religious people. He was around people who really cared about their religion. It was important to them. It was a huge part of this life for them. And a huge part of this life was also this building that was called a temple. And the temple is what we're going to talk about here for just a minute. It's this thing that you need to keep on to here for the end, and I promise you it will be important. Um, but this temple was, it was basically the core area for Jewish people and Jewish religious life. It was, it was a part of just everything that had to do with their lives. It was more than just us going to church on a Sunday. And because of that, the temple, it wasn't just a building that they occasionally went to. It wasn't just something that was an afterthought. It was like the hub for community and culture. It was so important. This Jewish temple was such a big deal. And different parts of this temple were divided up for different people, okay? So if you weren't Jewish, you had to stay on the outside area. You weren't even allowed in. It just wasn't in the cards for you. And women, even if they were Jewish, they could only go in so far. So they had certain places for them as well. And Jewish men could go inside, but certain places were off limits to them completely. And then priests could go to mostly every place in the temple, but only on certain days. So there's a lot of rules. The temple was really important to them. And you can kind of think of it a little bit, like use this as an illustration of like, look at your school cafeteria. And maybe people have their tables or their groups, and you're only allowed at certain tables, or you don't feel welcome at certain ones. Whatever it is, it, it's a lot of it is like unwritten rules or written rules that you see, and it's where you can sit depending on who you are and where you are and what time of the day it is or what day it is. So this whole thing was built so that people could keep their distance from the center of the temple, okay? So the center of the temple is the most important spot. It was a place that was called the Holy of Holies. It was sectioned off by this big curtain, and this curtain was just like what we imagined earlier. It was separating them from something else. In fact, even the most important priest was only allowed to go beyond that curtain and go behind that curtain once per year. And the reason for this is because this area, this area that was curtained off and sectioned off, was, it was a reminder of God's presence. It was a reminder of God's presence in heaven and on earth. The curtain represented this separation between God and his people, between God and humans. And it kept separate what was sacred, okay? So this curtain was separating everyone else from the holy of holies. It was representing God's presence. So it was kind of like a large museum. Like if you go into a large museum, there are some things that you're allowed to get close to, some things you're allowed to touch. 
But then there's also like the most valuable stuff is usually behind glass and you're not supposed to go anywhere near. You can't even get close to it. So think of it like that. It's kind of how the temple worked and the Holy of Holies was, it was like a part of the museum that no one was able to touch. But the point is, is that the culture Jesus lived in, it had a lot of separation, a lot of separation in everything. There, that sense of disconnection that you and I feel, so that feeling of being disconnected from people, it was more than just a feeling for these Israelite people. Like they actually were disconnected from some things. It was a physical reality. People were separated from each other, and they were separated from the place that represented the presence of God. So how do we get from that to Easter and this whole prism idea that we're talking about? Well, many Jewish people, they hoped, they really, really hoped that Jesus would help the Jews conquer the Roman oppressors by, by leading an uprising, by just going to war with them and trying to gain power. But instead, we see the quite, like, almost the opposite happened, right? The Romans arrested Jesus for completely made-up reasons. They took him through a shady court system that framed him and then sentenced him to death. So they saw one thing and another happened. So just like the prism idea, they saw, they saw Jesus as something that could be this, and then something completely different happened in their eyes. So Matthew, he was a close follower of Jesus, and this is what he reported that happened next. He says, they came to a place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. There they offered Jesus wine to drink mixed with gall, but after tasting it, he refused to drink it. When they had crucified him, they divided up his clothes by casting lots and sitting down. They kept watch over him there. Above his head, they placed the written charge against him. This is Jesus, the king of the Jews. So crucifixion is this ancient form of torture that the Roman Empire used not just to kill people, but to completely humiliate them, to embarrass them in front of everybody watching. And it was also to scare everybody that was witnessing it. So they did it in this really public way, and it was just an awful, gruesome thing that happened. And not only was Jesus brutally murdered, but the people who did it, they mocked him, and they insulted him, and they exalted his very presence. And as he died, check out what happened next. It says, and when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. So remember when I told you that that temple was really important. In the middle with the curtain that was symbolizing separation from people and God. So what we see here that happens is that that curtain that separated God from everybody else, it was ripped apart. It was completely torn from top to bottom. And how, how did God do that? I don't know. Like, I don't know the answer to how God do that. But what I know for sure is that the message was really clear when that happened. And the message was that the days of separation were over forever. They were completely over. In one moment, Jesus changed 
everything. He made it perfectly clear that what his life was all about. He made it clear that the purpose of his crucifixion, that there is no more separation. No more separation when it comes to you and God. No curtain, no court, no wall, nothing. There's nothing that could separate us from God anymore. This, this right here is what the gospel is all about. This is why we get to have hope. See, you may feel distant from your friends and family, from people around you, but God, God is close. God's always there. You may feel like other people don't know you, or they don't want to know you, or they don't want to be close to you, but God does. God wants to know you, and he wants to be close. See, Jesus turned the world upside down. He turned the world completely upside down. He defeated death, and he tore the curtain that was known to separate people from God. What he did that day was absolutely huge for us. It's the biggest thing that's ever happened in the history of humanity. Think of it this way. One of the things Jesus wishes that you knew and never forget is that you can be close to God. That's what he wants you to know, is that each and every one of you can be close to God. You may feel disconnected from everyone. You may feel like the people around you don't want to be around you, but you never have to be disconnected from God because of what Jesus did that day on the cross for you. There's no curtain between God and you anymore. See, Jesus came to show us that God is there. He's close to you absolutely no matter what. But what is this idea of Jesus closing the gap, closing this gap of separation for us? What does that mean to us today, right? Well, for some of you, this idea, it may be totally new. Maybe you haven't really heard it that way before. Maybe it's the first time you've heard it at all. And maybe you've never considered closeness with God something that you could actually experience, something that was real for you in your life. You've only ever experienced God as distant or far away, as someone that was unreachable for you. But tonight, I want you to begin to reconsider this. I want you to begin to reconsider what Jesus' life and death proved to be true. See, it proves that you can be confident that because of Jesus, you can be close to God. And tonight, I want you to begin to think about what your life could look like, what your life could begin to look like if you started believing that what Jesus did on that day was for you. You can be confident that because of Jesus, you no longer have to feel separated from God. And for those of you who are Jesus followers already. It's our job to treat people like they can be connected to Jesus as well. So just like Lucas said earlier, he started us off great tonight with this idea. Like, do you believe that Jesus' Jesus's work was good enough to bring down the curtain for everyone or for just the people that you like? 
for just the people that it's easy, for just certain people? Do you believe that Jesus, what Jesus did on that cross that day for ev- was for everyone, or was it just for the people that it's really, really easy for you to like? See, in the same way that you may feel disconnected from people around you, that you may feel lonely, you may have times of feeling alone and unknown and unloved, you and I have this incredible opportunity to help people who feel that exact same way. So if you feel that way, you can guarantee the people around you feel that way. And Jesus is calling us to love them. Jesus is calling us to show them who he is and to show them that they can be connected to God just like us. In fact, this is one of the reasons why we have Tribe Night, right? It's why we're here. It's so important. It's so we can remind each other that even when we feel disconnected, even when we feel alone, that there's no separation between God and us anymore. See, you, you can be close to God. Will you, will you still long for community and friendships? Absolutely. And God wants that for you. God, is, God has wired us to be people who love to be around people, to be social people. And that's a good thing. See, those relationships are really important. The relationships that we build here at Tribe, the relationships that you build at school, each and every one of them play key roles in your life. See, these relationships, we need to pursue them. But God is close to us and understands even better than people can. See, our own emotions will tell us that people don't get us, that we're misunderstood, that we're alone, that nobody really wants to be our friend. But when those things happen, let them remind you that you have a God who wants to be close to you and who has made a way through Jesus for you to never be alone. Let's pray. Father God, I, I just thank you so much for what you did that day with Jesus on the cross. I thank you that we don't have to be separated from you. I thank you that when I feel at my loneliest, that I know that you're right there with me. And I pray that each person in this room would feel that way too, Lord. I pray that everyone in here would feel your presence, that they would know that you're close, and they would understand how important it is to know Jesus. I pray that as we go on with our weeks here and we get busy, that we wouldn't forget the important call that you've put on our life to love people around us. I pray that we wouldn't forget what you did that day on the cross. I pray that each person in here will know how much you love them, how much you care for them. And I just thank you so much for each and everything that you do for us every day. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.